0: Come on, welcome Apostle Howard Hatchett, as he comes. All right. Let's go ahead and hit the ground running. And thank you for setting the clock back there because I'll keep on going for three hours. And then you'll be looking at me crazy because you missed the window at Papa Doe's. I don't mind staying in church if the preacher is saying something. But if he's just talking and playing games, I'm ready to go. Amen. I need to hear something that's going to take my life to another level. So I I want to um, engage in a degree of depth today. Someone say depth. Man, I wish I wish my new friend, Jonathan, was over here where I could see him right here. I'll catch you over there, but, it, you know, Jonathan, man, it would make me so happy if you got over a little bit more where I can, you know, like, you know. Um, <clears throat> um, let's see, because I made a new friend yesterday named Jonathan. Put your hands together for Jonathan. Woo! I made a new friend yesterday. And... Um, So I'm gonna do a little, I'm gonna do some boomerang today. He was sitting right over here yesterday. So it was easy to, to him and I could, right over here, we connect. But today I'm gonna be doing this. I'm gonna be doing the boomerang and still hit him. I know you're used, many of you, to going to church and and, and you don't take notes or you don't, but today you're gonna wanna take notes. So it's all right to pull out your phone, It's all right to take pictures of what's on the screen. Um, I put it in a PDF instead of a PowerPoint this time. I I prefer the PowerPoint, but I put it in a PDF Uh, because one of the things I believe is that um, we are in the height of critical times. And so in, in critical times, there are critical people in critical times, right? And there are different types of critical people. How many of you know some folk who are just critical? They criticize everything, right? And then, you know, some people who are critical to the advancement of an operation, critical to the advancement of a thing, of a system of, you know, there are things in our ministry work that we cannot get done without Pastor Cindy. We just can't get it done. So please put your hands together for Pastor Cindy. we just, that's just the way it is. I, I got four thumbs and we, those of you who don't know, we've been married for 25 years, it's our 25th year. We have a grandson, uh, uh, you know, two daughters that are in in college, uh, and we don't look like it. But yeah, we got we got 20 a quarter of a century, girl. Lord Jesus, where does time go? Don't that sound old and ancient? Quarter of a century. I'm just gonna say 25 years. <laughs> but it's in. I want her to come up and greet you. And, and just say something, you know, God, uh, he, he in critical times, he brings critical people that are essential. Another word for critical is essential. And, and sometimes you've got to discern you. And we've been around the world doing warfare together. We've been around. We've been in some battles. We were in the deep parts of India. Pause the time. We've been we've been in the deep parts of India uh, below the Himalaya mountain. We've been deep into Islam territory where they will put Christians to death for the name of Jesus. We've been there. We've been in places where lot threats against our lives have gone out and we had to make a decision as to who was going to go and preach outside in Hindu Muslim territory and who was going to stay at the hotel so that someone would be able to go home and take care of our two daughters. And so we made the decision the first night that I was going and she was staying in the hotel. And so I went and preached like crazy, right? And the words that already ran out about uh, people threatening our lives. Well, guess what? That next night, she's like, I ain't stand up in this hotel. Because <laughs> you can't hide them blue eyes, okay? You, you just can't hide blue eyes and, and her, her hair. You can't, and her skin, it's a dead giveaway. But man, she got up and started preaching, and them people started praising God while she give God a praise. She started preaching, and then people started praising God and giving glory to God. We did some revivals in Mexico. Uh, we, we went down through the coast. Revivals broke out everywhere that we went. Uh, and one night, God spoke to me. Uh, this is about 22, 23 years ago uh, or so. God spoke to me. said, you know, you've been preaching for, I've been preaching for probably three months straight. Have her preach tonight. I said, all right. That girl started preaching and people went crazy. I was like, Lord, now they don't do that when I preach. <laughs> no, really, that thought went through my mind. Lord, now they don't act like that when I preach. But how many of you know it's the anointing? Amen. In and of ourselves, we can't do anything. But I, I thank God for Pastor Cindy, and I thank God for the calling of God on her life. And, and as men, we have to give room for the expression of the calling of God on our spouse's lives. Amen. And and, because women by default make room for the calling on their husbands' lives, unless you've been single so long, it's hard for you to give up authority when you get married. I'm gonna sit down. (laughs) Take a minute, take a minute.
1: (laughs) How many of y'all know that there is neither female nor male in Christ? So when we come into the house of God, it's not about what you look like, it's about the Spirit of God through you. Hallelujah, and so sometimes we just need a mindset shift. Somebody say with me, mindset shift. mindset shift. Because I can receive from a child if it's the Spirit of God. And so sometimes we gotta lay aside our uh, pre-notions of what we think the Spirit of God looks like and what he doesn't look like, who he can come through and who he can't come through. How many of y'all know that if we're disqualifying somebody else, oftentimes we're disqualifying ourselves? And I don't know about any of y'all, but I know that I was made for such a time as this. And you're here because you're made for such a time as this. So let's not disqualify anyone or ourselves. Amen amen because the spirit of the living God has purpose for you you came out today because the spirit of the living God drew you out there is something that the finger of God is going to write on your heart today through the man of God the spirit of God is speaking so I encourage you today open up your spiritual ears And the worship team and pastor and apostle did such a great job of allowing the entrance of the Holy Ghost to have free reign and free rule that the heart of God was made manifest so good to us the tables already been set for us so I encourage you keep your hearts wide open keep your ears wide open to the spirit of the Living God because today is not yesterday today is a new and a living day and he has a new and a living way for you he has something that he wants to write on you that will forever change the trajectory of who you are it'll forever shift all that and it'll rearrange everything to situate you solidly in Christ in him to make your steps assured. amen, amen? Amen. Holy Ghost, we allow you to have your way in this place. We allow you to have your way in our hearts and our minds. Rearrange us, Holy Ghost. Rearrange us as you see fit. Let us hear your voice within the voice of the man of God. Today, Lord, forever you are our Lord. We say, God, you are the potter and we are the clay. Lord, do only what you can do and we are yours forever more. In the mighty name of Jesus, if you agree, say amen. 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 We love you and we worship you, Jesus, with all of our heart, with all of our soul.
0: All right, all right. So critical times, with critical people. We live in elevated times. How many of you notice that people are more on edge today than ever before in the history of life? They're on edge. So I want to give you an example of what I'm talking about living with God in a prophetic space and a prophetic place, right? Uh, What did I say it was? A prophetic... and Right, there's a space, there's a place. Uh, A space in the spirit realm and a place on earth geographically. So God will move you into prophetic places. He will move you into prophetic spaces. And these are places where you have to be disciplined To stay with the spirit in that place. And because it's spiritual activity, you have to stay in that space. You have to stay in the spirit. Someone say, stay in the spirit. Now, how many of you know that it's easy to get out of the spirit when someone keeps messing with you in the flesh? So This is how it works. The devil will hit you in the flesh to get you out of the spirit. But he can't get you out of the spirit. You have to choose to come out of the spirit. So, when the devil hits you in the flesh, it's his attempt to get you out of the spirit. Why? Because your gifts only work in the spirit. Your calling activation only works where? in the spirit. So what is of the flesh is carnal, that which is of the flesh. The Bible says that he that sows to the flesh of the flesh will receive corruption. The flesh is carnal. It talks about the lust of the flesh, the sins of the flesh. But then the Bible talks about the fruit of the spirit. The devil hit you in the flesh to get you out of the spirit because the weapons of your warfare are not carnal. They're not of this world, but they are mighty through God to pulling down strongholds. So anytime the devil's trying to get you out of the spirit he's trying to hit you in the flesh so you can make the choice to come out of the spirit is because he's trying to steal something he doesn't come except but but for to steal kill and destroy he's trying to take something that's why when god leads you into a space dimensions and spheres and arenas what are they dimensions spheres and arenas so i might step into the spiritual dimension that's a whole new world Right. That's where you're encountering principalities and powers and demons and devils and lions and tigers and bears. Oh, my. And and it's in that space where there are principalities and powers and where you engage the angelic hosts of God and you engage the Lord Jesus Christ. It's in those spaces dimensionally I'm talking about right now where all kind of activity goes on. And Paul said it like this. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers right so that's what we're fighting against principalities and powers and then he begins to name them he says take the whole armor of god that you may stand against the Wiles of the devil. That word wiles is the Greek word methodius. It means the methods and the schemes and the the traps and the intricate traps that are like a labyrinth meant to catch you up in a snare when you least expect it. It's like an animal walking through the forest and don't know that a snare is put down there. And that's how it works. Put on the whole armor of God that you may stand. and you'll be armed against the wiles of the devil. And then he begins to talk about those principalities and powers. He said we, we we're not, it's not flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. The word principalities there is a Greek word archos That word archos means the highest in Satan's kingdom, the highest in authority and rank. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities. Archus, the highest ruling. And then he says against powers. That's the Greek word exousia. The Greek word exousia literally means those who take their orders from the Arcus Principalities and powers. And against the rulers of the darkness of this world. That's the Greek word cosmos kratipus. Cosmo It means cosmos the world. Cosmos kratipus. Rulers. World rulers. You're dealing with a space of dimensions of principalities that influence nations. They influence governments. You're talking about the powers that rule the darkness of this world that's why you go to some countries the bible is outlawed you got to go into underground churches because you're dealing with powers ruling the darkness of this world we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities and Powers against the rulers of the darkness. They want to keep men's minds in darkness. But I want to thank God that the light of the gospel has come into this mind. Because God broke the power of the principality of darkness off of this land. And folk won't admit it, so I'm just going to say it. When when the early people came over here to this land, there was a lot of occultic. A, a the, the Indians that were on this land, well, we had the, the hashish. I got Indian roots. They had the hashish and they had the peyote bud, and you do some peyote and you just get around the group and you sit and you do your little thing, and all of a sudden the elders of the tribe start seeing visions. Where you think that was coming from? Come on, somebody, the darkness over the land. And I'm and so back in those times, the way it works is it's it's, it's imano imano, man against man, brutalis. It's imano brutalis, man's brutality and then you get uh uh, uh brutalis, the brutality of. Man, brutality, emano brutalis, the manity, the, the brutality of man in brutality against man. You get men against men in brutality. Darkness when it rains. It uses complex systems to create darkness and conflict and chaos, so darkness can rule. But God will break off the principalities, and when you understand that you step into a dimension, it's not a generational devil that you are battling. It's not a generational devil that's aiming at the generations of your family. You might, as you grow in warfare, you step into a realm where that space and that place, you are addressing the principalities and powers of darkness that rule the darkness over land. what they do they use laws you're dealing with the the principalities that use laws to regulate the people and it restricts what preachers can say it restricts what believers can say it restricts what you can do it punishes freedom of speech so that paul can't preach the gospel so that you can't preach the gospel and it wants to limit jesus christ but can i tell you something you can take you can take the word of God and say you can't preach the, you can't have the Bible in schools how many of you know they went on attack against the Bible in school and against prayer in school how many of they went on attack oh yeah but you can take you can take it formally out but you can't take it out of the human heart you can't stop God come on you can't stop God you can and the day is going to come in the United States where everybody's going to go underground People are going to be having to, oh, it's going to get complex down here. It's going to happen. You're going to blink your eye and it's already going to happen. It's going to already have happened. And then you've got spiritual wickedness in high places. That was the third one that he named. And that's pneumatica ponereus in the Greek. Pneumatica ponereus means spiritual wickedness in high places. Wickedness where? In high places because they influence territory. They influence geography. Territory. Pneumatica ponereus. Someone say pneumatica. Ponereus. So in the Greek, that's where that ponere is where you get that root word on. on. Wickedness. And that word uh, uh, pneumatica ponere is wickedness. Like the wick on a wicker chair, it's twisted. So when people's minds start getting twisted, they're comfortable like Beyonce putting in her favorite song. In her number one song, she put the words in there that the pages of the word of God are good for nothing but a tampon. She said, I use the pages of the word of God to to dry up my menses. So we've got a whole culture of young people celebrating Beyonce like she's a queen. But I say she's a thing that needs to be saved. She needs Jesus Christ. She used to be in church. Now she's worshiping Satan and is okay. On blast about her worship of Satan. She comes out with the Illuminati, with the all-seeing eye and all that stuff. And we got a whole generation of parents who haven't educated their young people about these demonic occult worshipers. Kanye blew the whistle and said all of them are occultic, satanic uh, uh, occult worshipers. Kanye blew the whistle. He blew the whistle on all of them. And the rites of passage to become famous, you have to be willing to sell your soul to the devil and to do some ungodly perverted act to children and, and animals and all kind of stuff and attend private ritual. Yeah. That's why we shouldn't be surprised when at this year's Grammys, they had they had a full straight out satanic cult worship where they were worshiping the devil, having an on-screen orgy and having people in cage doing bondage and sadomasochism. And everyone celebrated. And you got Queen Latifah out there in the audience with the transgender guy stands up who's talking like a woman, been transgendered to a man, transgendered to a woman, and Queen Latifah said. And we're gonna turn around and buy everything she puts out. Oh no 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 no! Devil came, the devil came. Food, boom, feed me to hell. And you had every one of the major names of the people we celebrate as being the it in the kingdom, being the very ones pushing that nonsense. And I say we've got to get educated before we get Illuminati doctrinated. The Illuminati is indoctrinating people. How many of you know it? Raise your hand and wave at me if you know they're indoctrinating. They're using they're using entertainment. Yeah. All right. So I want to talk about so uh, spaces and places. Spaces and places, and, and I want to share with you just a little bit about where we walk. So 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 that I, I came here to help you today. You know, my wife and I we were driving down the highway a few years ago. We're driving down the highway, and God spoke to me, and he said, a, a demonic attack, a satanic attack is getting ready to come against you and your, your family right now. We're driving down the highway. And Here God says, a demonic attack in the spirit realm. Has been sent out. Satan is about to attack you and your family. I told my wife out loud. We're driving. I said, babe, we need to pray right now. Satan sent out an attack against us and the family. So she did what we always do when God sends an alert. (laughs) We began to pray in the Holy Ghost. It wasn't a weak prayer either. It wasn't no light prayer either. Come on. If you're getting ready to fight Mike Tyson and you show up looking like a a little old limp noodle, Tyson's about to knock you out. You get in there with Riddick Bowe, Alistair. Uh, 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 you you get it. Oh no, Overeen, You about to get knocked out. No, you got to come in there meaning business. You got to be ready to go. Anybody ready to go? And if you ain't, are you getting ready to go? I'm getting ready to go, baby. I ain't going backwards. Come on, somebody. I live in too real of a place. I've had three. I've had guns put in my chest. I've had guns put to my forehead uh, while I was witnessing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Guns put in my chest. So for me, this ain't, this is a real deal, baby. This ain't no joke. So, and have people take weapons and get ready to stab it through my heart. And have God walk me through it because it's a space in the dimensional realm and it's a place geographically where I stepped into territory and demons want to defend their territory. But when someone stronger comes in, come on, we trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the devil. You can't show up not to understand. You can't show up like you don't know what your weapons will do. Man, you need to have worked out with that thing before you, you know, you got your nine out there on the, on you. You worked out with that nine. That's why you're confident. Come in, come into somebody's house in the wrong way and you have a red laser aimed it right before your four eyes. So we're riding down the highway and God said, pray. So we started praying for real. Right then, while we're praying, right then, while we're praying. Now remember, God said it's coming. It's getting ready to go down. We don't know what, and we don't know which angle is coming from, but we're in the spirit. Come on, son. somebody shout in the spirit. We're in the spirit protecting ground, because God knows what the future is. You don't. I don't. And we pray it. I am devil in the name of Jesus. Pay attention to this prayer. We bind you in the name of Jesus. Whatever we bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever we allow on earth will be allowed by heaven. We forbid you. We forbid, we bind, we break your assignment against us. In the name of Jesus, it comes to nothing. No weapon fashioned against us is going to prosper. It can't work. And right in the middle of that prayer, out of the clear blue, a car full of dudes, there's probably five of them in the car, came up from behind. And all of a sudden, came up from behind that i'm breakneck speed got beside us and then started like they were going to try to run us off the road but guess what before it ever happened we were already in the holy ghost in the name of jesus and i said in the name of jesus and then as they're trying to get close and they start cussing us and giving us all kind of sign language all of a sudden, I said, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke you. When I said that, the tire went boom and just exploded right in the middle of the highway. And they went to the side of the road. <laughs> and we went on down the road. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. And we have to protect our children that way. One night we were going to going to bed. And we were, we was about midnight, 30, 12 o'clock. Our daughters were at that time, probably two years old. They were, I think they were three years old and two years old. And my wife said, babe, something's going on. She said, something's going on. She said, something's going on. God just told me something's going on. Something's going on. And I tapped into heaven. And I said, babe, Satan has sent out another assignment. Man, Satan has sent out an assignment against us. I said, come on, let's pray. And we began to pray. Now, who's thinking about an assignment at midnight? Man, you just had too many noodles. You ate too much ramen noodles for dinner. That could be a figment of your I said, No, baby, it's. it's shit. So we began to pray about 30, 45 seconds while we're praying. Devil in the name of Jesus. And I told my wife, I said, This assignment has gone out against our daughters. We break it in the name of Jesus. It will not accomplish. And we began to pray. About a minute later, all of a sudden, we heard screaming in our daughter's bedroom right across the hall where their door was closed. We heard screaming at the top of their lungs. My wife jumped up and ran in. I stayed on the wall. We should, but come on, and our daughters were okay. The same way the demons came in, guess what? They had to leave sevenfold. The enemy comes one way, but he flees seven different ways. So we have to live like that. I've been attacked in church. I, I, on the church grounds where demonized people come on the church ground and attack me in the parking lot. And I go home covered in blood. From de- I'm talking about covered with blood all over me from demonized people looking to attack church folk. So for some people, it's optional to stay in the spirit. For some people, it's optional. You get to walk in the flesh a whole lot. You ain't got to be real deep about it. You just get to, oh no, it ain't like that for some people. Some people have to walk with their sword halfway out the sheath. Some people got to walk with their sword ready to be drawn at any moment. See, but when you become more valuable to the kingdom's operation, I didn't say when you become more valuable in and of yourself. In and of yourself, you're valuable enough that without doing nothing else that Jesus love for you took him to a cross. You didn't take you to a cross. His love for you took him to the cross and you didn't have nothing to do with that. That was his love for you that took him to the cross. But when you become valuable in his kingdom, you are required to have more intel. Right? So you can increase your positional value in the kingdom. That's what I'm talking about. What what value can you increase? Someone say, increase my positional value, Lord. But if, if, you are, if you're a flesh creature, if you're just a big old walk-in swamp thing, flesh creature, all you, all you just got flesh, 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 flesh on your mind, then your positional value is compromised. You want to get to the place, and I've declared this now. Some of you in here, you say, Lord, now if I had to say, I want you to think about this. What percentage of the time do I actually, as a rule, spend in the flesh and how much time do I spend in the spirit? Now, you know the equation to that. Well, I probably spend during my waking hours, some folks say, well, it's a lot because you sleep in the spirit. When I go to sleep at night, it's in the spirit. No, no, I'm talking about in your waking hours. What would you say? Don't say it out loud. What would you say the amount of time you spend walking in the flesh? I, you, can go to, you can go to your job and do your job at work and still lean on the spirit for how you do it and your responses. Am I right about it? Okay. Because God will make you smarter than you are and give you knowledge and wisdom beyond, and He'll make you shine amongst your peers. No, I'm talking about what percentage of the time do you spend in the flesh and what's in the spirit? Is it 20, 80? 20 in the flesh and 80 in the spirit. Some of y'all done crossed over. You spend about 50% of your time. If you sleep eight hours, if you sleep eight hours, that leaves 16 hours during the day, right? Right? So 16 hours, is it 50-50? I spend about 50% of the time in the spirit and 50% of the time in the flesh. Don't know what might come out of my mouth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> so what is yours? What is your real percentage that you spend in the flesh? You know when you respond to people how much of it is in submission to God and how much of it is just you. And somebody here said, man, I probably done crossed over to 70, 80% of the time I'm leaning on the Lord for my responses. Can you raise your hand if you think you feel like you hit that 80% mark? Where you feel like, yeah, I'm leaning on the Lord. About eight out of ten times, I'm leaning on Jesus for my response. Somebody said, pray my strength in the Lord. So I want to give you some of those God secrets today for success. God secrets for prophetic success. All right, come on. Here we go. So God rewards engagement god rewards engagement afterwards he brought me again to the door of the house and behold i want you to notice that there are waters at that house behold the waters came from under the threshold of the house eastward for the forefront of the house stood toward the east the front of the house stood toward the east the waters came down from under a certain the right side of the house at the south side of the altar And now Ezekiel says in verse two, then brought he me out the way of the gate northward, led me about the way to the utter gate by the way that looks eastward. And behold, there was there ran out waters on the right side. Man, he's just got all kind of waters coming out of this house where he's at. And then he says, in verse 3, And when the man that had the line in his hand went forth eastward, he measured a thousand cubits, and he brought me through the waters, and the waters were to the ankles. He measured a thousand and brought me through the waters, and the waters were to the knees. Again, he measured a thousand and brought me through, and the waters were to the loins. Now, I want you to notice the progression here. The progression. that Notice that this house... It's going towards the east. Now, he's measuring, he's measuring, he's measuring. The waters come down from the right side, the side of the altar, and he ends up in a place where the waters, you can't get past them. You got to stay in the spirit. You have to stay with God in order to get past the situation. Now, I believe that that's where some of us are at. I might have to tell you to go to the the next page. We might have to do that like this. So he says, afterward he measured a thousand, it was a river. So where does he start? Ankle deep. And walking in the waters that come from God's house. And then all of a sudden, he's waist deep. All right. How many of you have ever been waist deep in a pool? You're still in control. You, you can go where you want to do what you want. But he kept on going, and the river so high he's off his tippy toes he can't pass over on his own strength and all of a sudden the waters that you can you have to swim in it is anybody ready to swim with god you're ready to swim in the river that god sends Now, in him we live and move and have our being in him we live and move and have our being so today i want to address this idea of these God's secrets for success, especially for those who are ready to go on and say, you know what, God, I'm ready for this, to go ahead and take on the next season of my life. I'm ready for the next season. Anyone here stuck in a season? Many would-be high-call ministers. Now, I want to get real. Many would-be high-call. I press forward towards the mark of the... Paul said he's... the. Well, by default, if there's a high call, what does that mean there exists? So some folks saying they want the high call, but what are they living? So today I'm here talking to some high call folk. I don't care where you're at. I care about where you want to go. I'm here to talk to some high call. I train people all over the world. I train people all over the world. Come on, I've been invited to the White House and behind with those guys with with vests on, with all kind of machine guns. And and the White House was tracking what I was doing for a year and a half to implement it. I've written prison reform, written mental health reform, and right now over 700 officers are taking my mental health reform because they need some mental health help. I also hold the patent. I hold the patent for pressure sensor training for law enforcement officers so George Floyd won't happen again. I'm all about the answers, baby. Come on. Let's be about the answers. And it's in this particular space that that I've learned, when you have high, I train people for high call movement. So it's no wonder I'm on the phone many times with senators and and leaders and different places. And uh, you know, I was in uh, another country and I'm sitting there talking with the uh, Supreme Court Justice. And then I walk into another situation with the president of the country. Then I go to a different country and I'm on the uh, presidential grounds meeting with the heads of the nation. Then I go to a, a different country and the ambassador of that state picks me up. The ambassador of that state. And that's our escort. The ambassador of that. I'm sorry, the ambassador to that nation from another nation. So for real, I know about high realm movement. I ain't a joke. How many of you want to do some real high realm movement? Not talking about it. See, and, and, and some preachers, They give you just enough to keep you where you at and keep them on top. I give you the whole thing. I go, hey, this is how God's taught me to do it. And if you do it, God will navigate you and give you the same thing. And you'll never be limited by other people's humanity ever again. Come on, I don't need to be limited by your limitation. All things are possible to him that believes. So many would be high call ministers, prophets, and saints who want to be qualified of God actually reject the qualifying parameters of Holy Spirit who is activated towards them with the bonds of truth. Now, the qualifying parameters of who? That's the secret right there. You remember that river we were talking about? That's Holy Ghost. He'll be in you rivers of living water. Jesus says he'll be out of your innermost being will flow. How many of you have read that? Those rivers are the Holy Ghost. It's the third member of the Godhead. The Holy Ghost. So when the river, Holy Spirit gives parameters if you're going to walk with him. Now, when you're a baby, you can be walking around as a baby. You got all kind of stuff hanging out your nose and out your a slob, a slobber and the food you just finished eating all coming down. And you're like, Mama, it, you know, but when you're a baby, you can get away with a certain amount of sloppiness. But you show up at your job and you got. The, the tutti frutti you just finished eating is half beer and it's on your clothes. How many of you feel like, you know what, well, you might get fired. You do that too many times, but you got the luxury. You got the luxury of excess in infancy. I have the luxury of excess in infancy. You can write that down. I have the luxury of excess in infancy because you're a baby. You don't know no better. And you have the luxury of access to your parents in infancy. Because why? You're a baby and you don't know no better. But as you grow up, your parents have the responsibility of showing you the parameters. We've got guests coming over. Your grandparents are going to be coming over in a minute. And they're going to judge me if I got you looking all crazy. So let's clean you up. (laughs) And so you clean them up. As they grow, you begin to give greater parameters, right? That accompany their age distinction. And that's what God is doing with many of us, and we haven't realized that that's how he's operating. Now, I want you to hear also, most ministers and Christians easily qualify. And, and, and when I say this, you know, I'm really a nice guy but um, I'm a little bit direct too. Most believers, they qualify for low realm movements of lesser covenant expression. So someone say this with me, it's a low realm movement and lesser covenant expression. Is low realm movement. It's lesser covenant expression. Okay. I can be a Christian and God's not allowing me for my own safety to enter into that dimension in space where things move faster. They're more dangerous. Right? There are more things that can hurt you in that space. Like the sons of Sceva. Remember what happened to the seven sons of Sceva? Seven sons of Sceva went over and said to some demon-possessed man, We command you! The seven sons of a priest went to the demon-possessed man and said, We command you in the name of Jesus that Paul preaches about. Come out of him. And the demon said, Paul we know, Jesus we know, but who are you? We don't recognize your authority in this realm. You can't tell us to do nothing up here. And the Bible says the demon jumped out of the man, jumped on them, and through that man, ripped all their clothes off so that all seven of them ran down the street naked. The first jaybirds. They ran down the road naked because they stepped into a dimension and a space where they didn't have authority. Where they did, they they were they were low realm movement trying to deal with high realm operation. So you got to be on point when you deal with that. You got to be you step into that space. You got to be real about it. You got to be ready to go. You got to be ready to get down. Ain't no let's do over. Can we start this again? Can we back up? I didn't do that right. You know, when you sparring with your partner, you can be in there sparring and then you go, okay, wait a minute, I didn't do that right because he flipped you on your head. But if you were in a real deal, you know, UFC fight. He wouldn't have took it easy on you. It would have been with all of his might. He would have been like, you know, the guy who does, does the bomb, picks you up and comes all the way down. Bam, Rampage Jackson. How many of y'all ever seen Rampage Jackson? Rampage grab people and he super bomb them. Bam! And they just knocked out. And many believers are getting knocked out because they're stepping into spaces without training. And then your marriage gets hit. Then your children get hit. And you don't know how to protect them. We have to protect our children. You got to protect your spouse. You got to protect your husband. You got to protect your sister and your brother, your mother and your father. Come on into your place in the spirit realm. Be who God made you to be without apology. The first person going to come at you when you step into your place is your brothers and your sisters. Just like Jesus, when Jesus stepped into his place, the Bible says his brothers and his sisters are the ones who thought he was crazy. The Bible talks about it. They thought Jesus, his brothers and his sisters thought he was crazy. Sometimes they're You have to keep praying for people in your family even though they don't see. And you got to pray for them because they just babies in this thing. And they're so used to seeing you after the flesh. They can't respect you in the spirit. Because they know the last mess up you did before you got all spiritual. Before you got so saved. And so they use the knowledge of their past, your past to disqualify you from what God is doing in your present. Yeah. That's how it works. So you can't let. The wounds of your family prevent you from being who God made you to be. You got to learn to just be and not apologize for it. You got to let them catch up in their own time to who you are. Jesus, brothers and sisters, eventually caught up with who he really was. All right. So I said two things. I said low realm movement. Someone say low realm movement and lesser covenant expression. Now, watch this on the, on the next page. We're gonna call low realm movement, lesser covenant expression, we're gonna call that LRM and LCE. So if I say LC, if I say LRM, what am I talking about? If I say LCE, what am I talking about? Now, have you ever gotten, heard of folk? I'm not gonna, none of y'all are experienced. Have you ever heard of folk that got married? and their commitment to the covenant wasn't as strong as yours, but you didn't know that going in. So every time you hit a bump in the road, they're ready to jet. You stood there going, till death do us part. I do. They standing there going, till death do us part. But their idea of death do us part Means the death of their independence. Because the first time you say you can't stay out whenever you want to, you can't just stay out and be gone all night. You got to let me know where you at. I shouldn't have to put a GPS tracker on your phone and be using Find My all the time. (laughs) What you talking about? I ain't got to answer to nobody. Yeah, you do. You married now. Oh, now now that that ring ring became a chain. (laughs) You're like, oh, I got the answer for something. So lower covenant expression sometimes is a boundary established by the knowledge that person has. Your knowledge of covenant is greater than their knowledge of covenant. Oh, no, it's my money. It ain't our money. It's my money. this baby for nine months, couldn't work for three months, and you making all the money and it's still your money? I thought it was the two shall be. Oh, and and after you get married, it's fine. It's your money and my money. It's your account and my account and I ain't on your account, (laughs) but you on my account. (laughs) Man, I'm messing up, ain't I? You know, pastor, I I know you haven't received offering today, but you know what? Before people don't want to give nothing. (laughs) <laughs> we might have to just stop and let you go. Because <laughs> I ain't making a lot of friends up in here today. <laughs> Shoot. You're already thinking, where's that nigga? <laughs> Man, he need to hurry up. <laughs> I mean, I'm not too real for you, am I? So lower covenant expression. So usually in relationships, one person is living at this level of commitment, and the other person is living at this a lower level of expression a commitment to the covenant. So what God is doing is he's giving both of you the knowledge to come together in agreement in covenant expression. But we're going to have a conversation and live in the light of knowledge about how money is to be spent. Because you can't have your name on the account and then you down at the casino. Down at the Kawishno. With the one arm bandit that lifts up its arm and praises Jesus every time you pull it down. It pops back up, and then you grab that little ball again, pull it down, and it pops back up and say, and say yeah, I lifted my hands today in the sight of the Lord. No, you was one-armed bandit. And so you got to have a conversation about what you agree that money will be spent on, and you make a budget, and then you live in that covenant expression. Does that make sense? That's how you do that thing. And then you make a commitment before God. That my wife and I had to do this. Because when we first got married, I'm from a crazy place. I'm from a place where before I got saved, I had four assaults, two with weapons. That's the cocaine uppers, it's down, it's quaaludes, amphetamines. I put more people in the hospital than you got fingers on both hands. And that's real talk. My idea of fun was putting you in the trunk of a car, taking you 25 miles into the woods at 3 a.m. in the morning, tying you to a tree with your hands behind your back, a blindfold around your eyes, and a rag full of Wellers stuffed in your mouth, and you tied up like a calf. And then i tie you to a tree at 3 a.m. in the morning. That was my idea of fun. I'd get in my car sit it on your chest with my bumper sitting on your chest. And then I get out and say, baby, anybody else want to have fun? But then before just about 19, somebody invited me to church and I went to an old-fashioned altar and I went down one way. I turned around and came back another way. And in six months, I was in ministry by 21 working with the scientists that developed the first Star Wars system, ground-operated lasers for strategic defense i went from a drug dealing out of my mind insane individual to by 21 working with the top scientists that developed for a government lasers for strategic missile defense for three and a half years and by 25 on my own company had 148 clients started that business and wrote my own contract myself with boeing military aircraft don't tell me god won't take you from the gutter and start having you walk like a king I was teaching college professors in my 20s without a Ph.D. Without, I got a Ph.D. now, but before that, I didn't have a college degree, and they were sending my work to universities in 13 countries in my 30s. Won't God do it for you? Somebody give God a praise. Other people see junk. Other people see, oh, he ain't going to never be nothing. But you ain't God. You don't know enough to limit me. You know, I don't know enough to limit you. There is a God who knows all things. And if you will qualify for high realm movement, God will open the door and let you walk right on up in there. So there. if there's low realm movement, I'm just going to tell y'all the next page, all right? Then there's low realm expectations. Now, this is a complex sentence that I want you to go there with me. There's low realm expectations. Absent exactions, write that down and put a period. Well, there are low realm expectations, absent what? Exactions. An exaction. How many of you let someone drive your car, but you told them what the limits were? You gave them an exaction, you gave them a parameter. So you can have low realm expectations, but they're absent parameters. How many of you gave someone some money but what they did with that money showed you next time you give them money, you got to be a little bit more clear. How many of you have ever been through that? You got to be, you got to spell it out. Right? Because absent that exaction, then it leaves license for abuse. There, with, Without that parameter, there are no clear expectations. And you have to give some people clear expectations because their upbringing wasn't like your upbringing and that makes lesser covenant expressions desire so why do people desire lesser covenant expression expressing the covenant in a lesser way why is that desirable and why is it so easily obtainable right because you got so much latitude to live in the gray areas you know the bible don't address that god made man and god made pot <laughs> God is perfect and man is not. It ain't in the Bible. You want this? God made man and God made pot. God is perfect and man is nuts. First time I got invited to church, it was through a dope smoking piano player who played the keyboard for a church. Actually, that was the third time. That's how I got saved. <laughs> That's how I came on through. I was sitting up smoking dope with a friend of my dad's and we all getting high as Cuda Brown. (laughs) Passing it around. And I was in high school with her. I was in high school. uh, I had went to high school with one of her kids. And so we all sitting up getting high. I was about 19, almost 19, passing it. It And she said, she said, Howard, you want to go to church with me? I said, Why are y'all laughing? Y'all relating too much. Your testimony is in your laugh. I hope you know that. She said, you want to go to church with me? She said, I played, I played the piano for a church. We got a meeting coming up this weekend. I want you to come. And I said, yeah, I'll come. I showed up in church. I had long black, I had long processed hair. You remember them back day in the day? I had long, and so when I walked down to school in high school, I was on the wrestling team. I was more buff than I am now. And they called me Black Jesus. Well, I didn't know who Jesus was because I wasn't raised in church. I didn't know who Jesus was. They called me Black Jesus, so I wasn't offended. I was like, well, who's Black Jesus? And I just kept on looking. So, you know, that was back in the day, Jim Brown and all of them. <laughs> Harry Belafonte. <laughs> and, and that's when it happened. So I showed up in church, and I was sitting out there. I was sitting out there watching my dope smoking piano playing friend. <laughs> play the keyboard. Thirteen churches came. Each church would do two numbers and sit down. How many of y'all remember that? Another church do two numbers and sit down. So all thirteen churches, that place was packed. Thirteen Baptist churches all coming together. That place was packed. The ministers loaded from all the churches, loaded the pulpit, and I was sitting there. I probably got high earlier that day. I was just sitting there watching it, and this choir came up, no preaching. This choir came up and started singing. Man, they started singing about this Jesus. And I was sitting out there, and I'll never forget, I was sitting out there somewhere back there. And usually back then, I'd just be looking at the girls. You know, what they say church girls. And that's when it happened. This choir got up and started singing about Jesus. This power came on me from another world and tears started flowing and that power stood me up no altar call no preaching i just stood up and started crying and walked down to the aisle and i walked all the way up to where the preachers was at and i went up the steps and walked into the pulpit and i sat down beside the preacher i'm a drug addict <laughs> and he looked at me and he pointed at me like this and he did like that he said now I'm older now I think he meant you get out of the pulpit but I didn't know that's what he meant and I said when he did like this I said and I walked up to the pulpit and I said God is a good God He's a great God. And I began to preach like I lost my mind. I've been preaching, preaching, preaching. From that day to this. Now, I don't know how you came in, but that's how I came in. Give God a praise. But my dope-smoking evangelist, Piano player, she was in a low-realm expression, living on the edge of things and just taking permissions that aren't granted. It, it may, uh, it's like somebody said, well, well, well I smoke cigarettes. I heard, they asked me, I smoke cigarettes. And somebody told me I'll go to hell. Will I go to hell? I said, no. I got to tell the truth, right? said, no, smoking won't make you go to hell. Somebody out here said, oh, see, I'm going back to get my, I'm going to get my long, extra tall. Listen, there's another reason. It's too expensive to smoke now. It ain't like it used to be a dollar a pack. So they said, will I go to hell for smoking? I said, No. But, you know, if God wanted you to smoke, he would have turned your chimney upside down. I said, no, you will go to hell for smoking. I said, but smoking may not get you to hell, but it might get you to heaven faster. So sometimes low covenant expression are desirable and easily obtainable to live a low covenant with God. Why? Because it ensures and entices you with allurements and the facade of freedom and pretension of divine will. But really, deceptions, nasty, alienating cord from higher systems of engagement amongst seated and properly aligned presbytery. So when you come into the presbyter, uh, the presence of seated and properly aligned presbytery, Properly aligned leadership. Well, there's been so much crazy leadership. No, properly aligned leadership when you come into the presence of properly aligned higher systems, right? That have spiritually regulated movement. Right? You can't just do what you want to do. Can I say that again? You can't just do what you want to do. And that's really what some folks, you can blame it on the preacher all day long, but you got to qualify for high realm movement. And there are some folks who know how to qualify you they know whether you plan or not and how many of you want to be qualified the right way you say look open that door lead me to the right just show me the right way because it's spirit regulated now this lrm next lrm and lce have less standards of operations and less license required lrm and lce have less there we go Less standards of operation, less license required. That speaks for itself. Look at the next one. LRM and LCE have an absorbent amount of grace affixed to their realm activities In that realm of low covenant expression, just like that adolescent baby, they do a lot of stuff and they don't get a spanking for it. Why? Why are babies able to do a lot of stuff and they don't get a spanking for it? They don't know no bargain. So when you see messy Christians in church, all you got to say is, poor oh, baby, and keep on moving. All Christians, some folks say, well, them, them that's why I don't go to church. Because them Christians, they, they're hypocrites, and I don't want to be no hypocrite. Let me Let me just set the record straight. The reason I go to church is because I can admit I need help. And all of us are admitting our need for Christ and the body of Christ. It's not the body of separation, it's the body of... So when I go to church, it's because I can admit I need help. I need you. You need me. And all Christians got some degree of mess in their life. And if you do find the perfect church, don't you join it. Because it won't be perfect anymore. Because you're in it. And I got another one for you. had a devil all up in there. Well, the devil went to Jesus' church. And he was a perfect preacher. He was a perfect pastor. And Jesus said, have not I chosen 12, but one of you is a devil. So you want to be living in a way that the devil comes to inspect the the territory where you operate. But you can't stay devil. You got to go. This territory belongs to Jesus. He's given me this property. So you can't just keep on living in the abundance of grace. Shall we sin that grace may abound? Apostle Paul said no. So there are many of God's tools and empowerment that satiate and satisfy human hunger. We want to have mobility. I've got to just speed on through this because I want to get some help to you. to we, we all want to have mobility and see the presence and activity of divinely provided gifts of the Spirit. Now, if I gave you a test, how many gifts of the Spirit are there? Somebody say nine. The Bible says covet earnestly the best gifts. So if you can desire nine and get nine, how many of you want nine? All right. That's the gift of wisdom, the gift of knowledge, uh, the gift of prophecy, the gift of faith, the gift of healings, the gift of tongues, interpretation of tongues. So there is nine different gifts. There are three mind gifts, three vocal gifts and three power gifts. So I need to know what the gifts are because sometimes I might hit something that I need some power. I might be dealing with something spiritually where I need to tap into a power gift. I might be dealing with something that uh, uh, it needs a healing gift or needs a gift of miracles or needs a prophetic word or a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom to give me wisdom for things that are above my natural ability. So if I know what the nine gifts are, I can study the nine gifts, engage the nine gifts on purpose. So God has a tool belt. And on that tool belt are nine gifts of the Spirit. He puts the fruits of the spirit within and the gifts of the spirit are on your tool belt and those are the ones that you use how someone shout intentionally now i do have to say this relation in the middle of the page relationship with jesus christ and developing the fruit of the spirit. put 10 minutes on the clock relationship with jesus christ and developing fruit of the spirit must remain our priority what's your priority I know someone who have a prophetic word. They're very accurate, but they're mean as a snake. <clears throat> they haven't allowed Jesus to purify them. So they operate accurately in the spiritual gifts, but their fleshly behavior undermines the impact of the spiritual gift. <clears throat> that's that's folks' problem with, with, with leadership and folks' problems with, with Christians. They're not separating the operation of the Spirit from that person's unrefined character, unpurified character. You just dealt with a Christian who didn't allow themselves to be consecrated and purified in an area. They weren't clean in that area. I'm a fisherman. I go catch shark, uh, you know, I I charter a boat. Anytime I get near the ocean, I charter a boat. My wife and I would go out a private boat. Anytime I get near, I I got a boat right now. I got a, a, a custom built boat right now. And that boat, let me tell you what, that boat is the bomb. Can you hear me? And in that boat, when I go out, in that boat is made just the way I want it. That boat is made just the way I want it. But here's the reality, being a fisherman, when I catch something, I know I got to clean it. And I don't clean both sides of the fish at the same time. I'm cleaning one side. So Jesus is working with one side of somebody in here. And he finished with you on one side. Now he's working on your other side. But he ain't working on the other side. So you met the side he ain't cleaned yet. But I promise you, if you belong to Jesus, he got a day appointed where he's going to get after that thing that's undermining his effectiveness in your life and in other people's lives. Does that make sense to someone? So you, you're in a process. You're in a consecration process. So don't leave church and stop going because someone treated you. Have you ever got up on the wrong side of the bed and had to apologize to your spouse or someone else? Because you know what? I did. I didn't respond right. right then. That was, that, was that was all me. Come on. That was all. How many of you have ever had to apologize? Right? Because your funky monkey got in the way. Somebody say funky monkey. Everybody got that side of you just like a funky monkey. And see, and God is dealing with that funky monkey on the left side. But he's going to get to that orangutan funky monkey on the right side. And those are the bigger issues, the bigger issues. So while you are in church, think of it this way. The Bible says you are a living stone. The Bible says you are a living. St- if I could get one guy, come here, Brandon. Come here. Come here, Tyrone. I want to show you what church is like. So because somebody here, God is trying to, de- he's dealing with you about consistency and, and just showing up. Right. I want you all to spin around real slow, real slow. Just spin around. He's been around real slow. Now watch this. You remember that river we talked about? The Bible said he got in the river. That's the river of God. The Bible said there is a river that makes glad the heart in the people of God. So I'm in the same river. It don't matter whether you're a preacher, a lay member. It don't matter. If you saved, you're in the same river. But notice in that river, because it's a current, it said it was a river. It's flowing. you rubbing against other folk. But he came in. He came in with some sharp edges. He came in with some sharp edges, and he came in with some sharp edges. Well, while you're in this river, you hitting these sharp edges. Lower this arm. Now lift the top. There you go. And this one straight out. You hitting these straight. So every time I go to church, I'm dealing with somebody's. Sharp edge. But after a while, they start getting smooth from bumping into one another. Come on, somebody. They start getting smooth. And God begins, you can't get purified and perfected if you get out of the river. You got to stay in the river. Somebody shout, stay in the river. Give God a praise. And the body, the scripture says, edifies the body. The body helps purify the body. So if you had a bad experience with somebody in church, get in line. Church is made up of crazy people. Flesh people. Ignorant folk. You're laughing because y'all know it's true. Ignored as a doorknob. Church is made up of snooty people. High-minded. That's where we start. Who didn't start there? God had grace for your mess. Kept working it out and you have grace for their mess. Give God a praise. I'm saying something had grace for somebody else's mess i'll tell you something else church is for people who commit they're not perfect but i refuse to stay in my imperfection that's what church is for and so we keep going showing up that's how i get stronger i keep on showing up and then after a while i notice that sister mean snakey so-and-so She ain't as mean and snaky no more. But it took three years in the river to work that off. But what you didn't know is she was abused and raped as a child. And that's where the bitterness was coming from. And she couldn't trust nobody. What you didn't know is there was a boy who had a military dad who was a war vet suffering from PTSD, got off of a plane, and the country that he thought was going to celebrate him threw rotten uh, uh, fruit at him. And he couldn't get proper medical attention because of the deaths he saw and the lives he took. So he walked around in bitterness, had a family, abused the son, was hard on the son. And the son grew up with a chip on his shoulder, hardened like steel, bottled up emotions, comes into the church with the bottled up emotions because his daddy didn't know how to show any love. And you think some folk are just being mean to be mean. Sometimes that's a a defensive posture that they, they put on to stay alive, that was their survival mechanism. Now God says, I'm getting ready to heal you of all those walls you got up. I'm gonna pull them down one after the other after the other because Jesus is a healer. There's women in here. You like I ain't trusting nobody. But I tell you what, God's got for every Ruth, God's got a Naomi. And for every Naomi, God's got a Ruth. For every Caleb, God has a Joshua. You are not alone. But you got to stay in the river long enough to come in contact with your Joshua. you got to come and stay in the river long enough to come in contact with your Caleb. Come on, we're almost done. I see that clock. We have to come. And the Bible says this. Philippians 3. Relationship with Jesus and developing the fruit of the Spirit. Relationship with Jesus and developing the fruit of the Spirit must remain our priority. I've got to get more developed in love. You know what your your pain qualifies you for? More love. You know what all that rejection and stuff you've been through know what it qualifies you for? More love. But there's a point where God has been so good to you, it's time for you to start being good to others. It's time for you to let the fruit of the Spirit pour out and say, poor baby, the reason she did that. And and, and, you know, I had had a, a lady... Uh, you know, I've been doing ministry a long time, right? Decades. I had a lady to go to a, a new soul, just got saved. This girl is barely, you know, coming from the edge of prostitution and everything you can imagine. The first thing that old mother went, girl, you can't you you, you, you. I had her hand up in the corner. You can't be wearing that. You can't be wearing that. That's that's revealing. You didn't, you know, and, and, and then you got somebody else somebody trying to get trying to get my man. Don't nobody want your man, you barely want your man. You'd have thought of fifteen reasons to get rid of your man. Quit playing. And if it wasn't for your commitment to covenant, you would have done it. And then you have dudes walk here. That's all they know is how to be. Idris. What is his name? Idris. Huh? Wait you say? Idris, what? Yeah. Elva.
1: That's all they know.
0: You know, and then when they stand there, they, they you know, like this, make their guns a little bigger. But I promise you, baby, if you get married for looks, you better take a picture. Because, <laughs> because, them. That big old of drawer up there going to turn into a bottom drawer. And the guns that's on top, one of these days is going to be down here. And then one of these days, because when you get older, gravity starts taking effect. And what used to be a, what used to be an Audi turned into an innie. And when you lean over in the bathtub, water runs out of your belly button. Hey, that's age. So you marry married for looks, take a picture. We, we are so surfaced. The truth is that mother was telling this girl she ran that girl off from church. What she didn't know is that girl is being abused. She's had pimps abusing her. The least of her problems was what she was wearing. You got to mature in how you assess people who walk in. And you got to be part. Develop enough relational equity that when you speak about purity, it will be accepted. Give God a praise. I'm I'm saying something. But see, you're trying to you're trying to bring change with your words to satisfy what you want to see. But when you have relational equity, that person listens to you. Why? Because you've invested in them. The apostle said that I might know him and the power of his resurrection. So I guess I can wrap it up like this. I can finish like this. If there's a low realm movement, by contrast, there must be a high realm movement. And if there's a low covenant expression, by contrast, there must be a high covenant expression. And that's what the Lord is calling you to. He's saying, do you want to walk with me in a higher place? Do you want to move in a higher space? And in doing so, you're going to need prophetic giftings and you're going to need prophetic tools. And there are many of them. You can take a picture of this because I'm not going to teach on it. I'm not going to say a word about it. I'm just going to put it up. Is that good? So this is what you've got to do. Personal preference. You've got to mitigate it. Take a picture because I'm going to change it in just a sec. On the altar of biblical self-sacrifice. What are you going to have to sacrifice? I said I wouldn't say something. Forgive me. What do you have to sacrifice? Someone say personal preference. Personal preference. That's how you do it. God's going to ask you to give up some of your... Won't he ask for it? Abraham! Yes, Lord. Give me your son! Jesus, you could ask for the house. You could ask for the car. You could ask for my motorcycle. You could ask for my boat. (laughs) You asked for my son. That's that altar of. Then make a strong, unwavering commitment. And submission to prophetic disciplines. A strong, unwavering commitment. Right? That means as you are being trained to hear, prophetic means simply flowing out of the Spirit and hearing from God. That's it. If you break it down, flowing prophetically is flowing in the Spirit and then hearing in the Spirit. Now what is it? And so there are prophetic disciplines. In flowing in the spirit and hearing in the spirit. Disciplines that accompany that. And then the last one. I think it's the last one. Now, sometimes, um, Brother Tyrone, please come here real quick. This is where some of you are at. This is where you're at. Would you be the wilted tree and lean over sideways? That's a wilted tree. (laughs) But you know what they do? A good horticulturalist a good agriculturalist, a good horda agri- culturalist, what they gonna do, if you find a crooked stick, a crooked tree, they're gonna stand it up in love. I know why you're crooked, baby. You had a long life, you had a hard life, and then they're gonna tie it together, they're gonna tie the crooked tree to a straight stick. And that's where God will bring someone along that's a little straighter than you in an area. Come on, you can give God a praise. And, and it's through the relationship. Now, And after a little while, that mentor is going to step to the side to see how you do. And he noticed you're not over as far as you was when you came in. You're just like this now. But you still got to be tied to a straight stick. That's good. And you hold on. So sometimes discipline, disciple. Yeah. Discipline doesn't mean you're in trouble. It just means you're being straightened out in an area. Because I don't like to feel like I'm in trouble all the time. I don't feel I like to feel like somebody's on me all the time. Yeah. But if I realize it's just straightening me out, teaching me to hold the right shape in the right form, then he walks away and goes, you can handle it Now. And then you move the stick it was tied to, and he's standing there. And he's able to be an example to the believers. And then pastor says, now I want to give you responsibility in movement in the church. I want to give you responsibility and movement. And then then pastor says, oh, and by the way, I want to take Brandon. Pastor says, I want to take Brandon, and I want you, Tyrone, to disciple Brandon. Amen. Amen. But see, you're not going to build your own kingdom. And when you're finishing discipling him, he's not going to want to run away and start a separate church and pull the people away. Pull the people away that it was trusted to it. You see, because he was trusting him with the relationship. He was trusting him not to build his own kingdom. Come on, give God a praise. that's how that works so with discipline in regards to prophetic movement and station it's intentional and it's strategic it's a use of internal and external principles applied for moderation and restraint someone say moderation and restraint now how many of you if you could there's some folk if you would not get fired if you were not going to get fired in your world, how many of you, there's some folk that you would go in tomorrow. And if you weren't going to get fired and, and your job would still be there the next day and you still get a raise. How many of you, if you weren't going to get fired, you go in and tell some people, give them a piece of your mind. Raise your hand and wave at me if there's some folk that they just need to know. Mm-hmm. So the reason you do the right thing is because there's something that's holding you in place. Cheddar cheddar right now because you are walking with god and you love god right even if that was in place you wouldn't go in and tell them off because the principles now are on the inside i'm not doing this because of what's on the outside what i get but god has changed me where on the inside and when believers are changed on the inside That's when real transformation occurs. You're transformed by the renewing of your mind with the word of God. You're not a chicken. You become an eagle. My people are eagles. I think this one right here. Yep, here's the last one. You become knowledgeable and take ownership of biblical processes. You become what? And what do you take ownership of? You become knowledgeable and take ownership of biblical processes. So the pastor walks over to you and he says, can you define for me the principles that accompany the prophetic operation? You go, yeah, pastor, I'm not offended by you asking me that question. It's your job to test me. It's your job to prove me. In the book of Revelations, when John met when uh, John was met by Jesus on the Isle of Patmos, prisoner, Prisoner's Island, where they take prisoners, they boiled John the Apostle, they boiled him in hot oil on a griddle like you fry some, some bacon, they boiled him alive. And his skin was emaciated, some of the historians say it's like a prune, they boiled him because he wouldn't shut up for Jesus. And after they, they, they sensed him after boiling him, they sensed him to the, 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 that equivalent historically of Alcatraz. They put him on Prisoner's Island. This is for the most cutthroat, evil, wicked men that will kill you just as soon as look at you. They put him on an island out in the middle of nowhere. No way to escape. And it was on the Isle of Patmos because he wouldn't quit talking about Jesus. In Revelation chapter 1, the Lord appeared to him there. In the middle of his problem, in the middle of his pain, the Lord appeared to him. You're not alone and in isolation. God is always with you in your fiery furnace. And the Lord spoke to him. Come up. There are things I want to show you. And when he came on up, God began to speak and show him specific things, relevant things. And Jesus said this. Now, remember what I'm talking about, biblical processes and protocols of leadership. Right? Isn't that what I was talking about? When a pastor is testing you, when an apostle is testing a pastor, when an apostle is testing another apostle. That's what I'm talking about. And I'm using John to illustrate it. John said, I was in the Isle called Patmos, and he looked and he saw the Lord. And the Lord began to speak to him. And he said, I want you to write a church to the, a letter to the seven churches in Asia. There are seven churches that I need to speak to the heads of those churches because I want some change in my church. So John wrote the letter that he's supposed to give to the seven leaders of the seven churches. The seven stars represent seven churches. The star is symbolic of the leader of that church. And one of the churches, he said, write these things and say to the leader, I know you have tested and tried those who say they are apostles but are not. And you have found them to be liars. Everyone claiming to be something is not what they claim to be. does it produce more love for christ does it produce godliness and so the apostles and the leaders in that church when people were claiming to be teachers and prophets and apostles and evangelists and pastors what did they do to them? some say test me they proved them but you test people today and they'll get offended because i i served at so-and-so's church and they got four thousand members and they didn't test me listen i sat with the the largest black church in Texas. I sat with the leader of the largest, I sat with the leader of the men's ministry of the largest black church in Texas. And we sitting down, I was invited by another bishop to come and meet this guy. We sat down, we spent the night, I sat down and, and the bishop, I trained that bishop, 13 years. And we're sitting there. And this guy, because he is the leader of the largest men's ministry in the whatever, he's something. And we just sat there. I kept my mouth shut because that's my custom. Until God said speak. And when the Lord said speak, I mean, I talk about basketball every now and then. But when the Lord said speak and he asked me a question, I said, well, I'll answer your question. Let me ask you a question. And I asked him the question. And he said, I can't answer that question. I said, well, let me tell you the answer. He said, I'm the head of the men's ministry. Thousands of men under his authority. I'm supposed to know what you're talking about. He said, would you disciple me? Would you train me? I said, no, you have your bishop. And your bishop's all over the world, on televisions, on this and that, but he wasn't vetted proven, tried, in the real deal way. Just because you go through a class and write down some right right answers, that don't mean you've been vetted, proven, and tried. We're about to assess your character. We're about to assess your content, your doctrine, your prophetic accuracy, baby. You're about to go through it. But when you come through on the other side, you'll be ready for high-realm movement. Is anybody ready for some high-realm movement? That's the real deal way it works. And I said, no, I'm not going to disciple you. That's going to create a problem. First time I say something opposite of what your, your bishop says, because he's really famous. He makes movies and stuff. I ain't never made no movie. I made a banana pudding, though. But what I do in the spirit, I do that well. And the people I train learn to do it well. So in high realm movement, I'm going to pray for those of you who want to come into high realm movement. I'm going to ask God to pour you through his funnel and prepare your life to move with him. But at the end of the day if you have all the gifts of the spirit and you have all the and you you can move mountains and you can command all the nine gifts and your tool belt is like the electrician you got your pliers and your snips and your uh, electricity tester and you got everything on your belt your utility belt but if you don't have love your sounding brass you're, you're just empty noise at the end of the day you want to be transformed into the image and character of the Lord Jesus That's what matters the most. Apostle Paul said that I might know him and the power of his resurrection. That I might know him. That's my goal, that I might know him, have a relationship with him. A lot of folks know about him, but they don't know how to walk with him. That's what high rail movement is for. I don't want you to get there and be disqualified. I want you to get there and be able to stay. Please stand to your feet.